Hello, everyone. Welcome to Big D Sports. I am your host, Casey Busher, and this is with Believe Network. Thank you so much for listening. This is my very first episode of this podcast, and I am so excited because I officially live back in Dallas. This is where I'm from. These are my roots, and this is where my teams live, and I'm so happy to be back in Texas. If you don't know me, um, I have been a TV reporter for the last three years. Um, you know, moving across the country uh, to California. I started out in West Texas, but I did go to school at Texas Tech uh, for undergrad. And then I got my master's at Syracuse University. And then I started kind of my first career thing was in Providence, Rhode Island, where I worked with the sports team there and Tom Brady's final year with the Patriots. And then after the preseason games, I was just there for a small stint of time for my capstone program at Syracuse covering the Pats. Um, I moved out to West Texas, and that is where I started my full-time job as a television reporter for sports. So, And then uh, after my time in West Texas with Fox West Texas, I moved out to California, and I spent my last two years there on the Central Coast as um, the sports director at the NBC affiliate on the Central Coast. So I was covering, you know, NFL, NBA, MLB. I was there when the Dodgers won the World Series. Um, and then of course, all things high school, all things college. So kind of been at every level and I've loved every second of it. My entire life is sports. So again, if you don't know me, um, that's a, that's a little bit about me. Um, I'll, if I'm not watching sports, I'm probably playing them or I'm working out or, you know, with, with friends and family. So, um, I'm so happy though, to be back in Dallas. I just moved here for a job with the Dallas Wings and uh, Panda City Lacrosse Cup. So I'm super pumped to be back and also to be working in the W. I grew up playing basketball. So it's kind of like my first love, passion, everything. I love everything about the sport and it really is my life. So I feel so grateful that I get to be home and I get to be working with the W. Such an incredible league to be in um, and to be working with such powerful men and women in, in the organization here in DFW. So I'm definitely pumped. Also just pumped overall to have a W team in Dallas. You know, I, I grew up without one, so it's pretty awesome. Let's dive into what's going on right now. Let's just start off with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they've really, if you would have told me that they would only have three losses now heading into you know, the week of December 9th, it's it's pretty crazy, right? That they have been able to dominate, you know, with, with Dak out, with Cooper Rush stepping in and Dak has been performing very well. CeeDee Lamb has lived up to all of the expectations. We have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott in the back again this season, just, you know, dominating as a rotational back. I mean, can't really ask for two better guys there. Um, there has been, some games, uh, of course, the Green Bay Packers, I swear, I don't know what the deal is with the Cowboys, but it's, they just cannot win games, even in, you know, it's overtime and they still fall to Green Bay. So I don't know what it is with the Packers. I think it's a curse, honestly. Does caught it. I don't know. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But, you know, they have put themselves in a very good position now. Uh, you know, we have the Texans and the Jaguars leading up to that Eagles game. So obviously no game is considered an easy one. The NFL, you never know what can happen. But 
a good situation heading into Christmas Eve when they will be taking on the Eagles. And hopefully that will be a game for the Cowboys. That is a, you know, a win or, you know, a win and win the division type of situation. It's all dependent on, you know, what the Eagles do here, those, these next two weeks, but wow. Coming off of that Colts win on Sunday, the 54 to 19 win, it doesn't really reflect the story of the game. The Cowboys and Colts were really close, honestly, like throughout what the first three quarters. And then, I mean, the score makes it look like it was a blowout, but I mean, it really wasn't. It's thanks to Matt Ryan for the turnovers and the Cowboys defense stepping up. The Cowboys defense overall has been good this season. I mean, Micah Parsons, are you kidding? He's absolutely unreal. The big buzz, of course, of the Cowboys this week has been Odo Beckham Jr. Is he going to be added to this wide receiver core? Well, it seems like Jerry Jones uh, has said that he doesn't look like he's going to be able to be an asset to the team for a while because of that ACL injury. So we're going to have to continue to wait and see on that. I was confused by OBJ's tweet today. Uh, It's so funny that we like just can look at one tweet from an athlete, right? Everything changes um in terms of media right like oh my gosh they tweeted this so it must mean this it's just been buzzing all day just from one little emoji on obj's page it's pretty funny if you think about it but that's kind of our world nowadays so that would have been pretty cool i think just for the overall brand of the cowboys right to add obj i mean how much fun would that have been i've always been an obj fan so of course i'm biased but I think it would have been really fun. Who knows? He could still be coming here, but it didn't sound like Jerry or the Cowboys were too confident about that. So I guess that's just going to be a waiting game here on out. Texans up next on Sunday. Of course, that's going to be, well, can't say easy, but you know, I mean, we can say easy. It's Houston. I'm sorry. You're going to quickly learn. I'm not a big Houston girl. Um, you know, the Astros to the Rockets, the Texans. I don't know. I think it's just because if you grow up in Dallas, you just automatically hate Houston. And then Houston, if you grow up in Houston, you automatically hate Dallas. Who's the better city of Texas? And Austin's just sitting over on the left and they're like, oh, it's us. It's actually us. All the Californians want to move here. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that'll be a good uh, game for the Cowboys there and hopefully a easy dub at home. And let's move over to the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks sitting in sixth place. But what's crazy, right, is that they're ahead of the Warriors and ahead of the Lakers. And if you would have said that to said that during you know preseason, that Warriors and Lakers would be sitting out of the playoffs at, at this point in the standings, right? You wouldn't believe it. Mavericks put themselves in a good place, 13 and 11 right now, over 500. And They're on a three-game win streak, and they're coming off of that big win over the Nuggets last night. And, wow, that one was really down to the wire. But Tim Hardaway Jr. has been that, you know, kind of low-key a savior for Luka because Luka is probably exhausted. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a monster, right? He's going to do whatever he can for the team to win games, and that is what he does, and that is why he consistently drops 30-plus points all the time. But finally, last night, you know, Luca wasn't the leading scorer on the floor. Tim Hardaway dropped 29 points the last five games. He's been really good. And I think just like a big talk about around Mavs, you know, fans right now is Tim, can Tim Hardaway Jr. be that 
you know, extra guy for Luca to get the pressure off of his back. And hopefully the answer is yes, because we need that, especially after last year, we go to the Western conference finals, Jalen Brunson showing up whenever Luca's out to be that guy, right. To be the guy who's consistently dropping double digits and, you know, showing up and, and being that step up guy when Luca's off the, off of the floor. So you know, we, I mean, we've been in search for that all season and it brings me back, you know, to the beginning of, you know, Dirk, right? Like growing up, it's like, he never had any help. And now it feels like it's the same situation with Luca. Why can't the Mavs get free agents? I don't get it. Like, like good free agents, right? Not ones like Christoph Porzingis where it just doesn't work out. And then it's like, oh my God, here we go again. But like legit, like, I don't get it. Why would you not want to play with Luca? But anyways, that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But man, Hopefully this guy, my man, Timmy, can just be this plus one guy that Luca needs. And, you know, and you're going to hear in this interview in a little bit, Luca is the man. It's not like he needs that much more help necessarily, but we see stars resting all over the league, sitting out when they want, sitting out when they, you know, feel like it. Um, and Luca never seems to be that guy. I think he's too much of a, you know, dominator and um, competitor to be, just randomly sitting out um, just for soreness or whatever. I think that's been such a frustrating part across the league with just seeing how often, you know, um, star players are sitting out and don't get me wrong. I'm no NBA athlete. Right. But uh, it is pretty frustrating, especially for fans who travel to games to watch, you know, say LeBron James on the court and they can't watch him because he's sitting out. So anyways, Luca you know, he needs, he needs more breaks when it comes to games. So we are hoping that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be that saving grace for the Dallas Mavericks, be a consistent scorer, and also just help Luca out. All right, coming up next, Grant Afseth joins the show, and we talk all things Dallas Mavericks. Grant has covered the Mavericks for the last two seasons for FanNation.com and NBAanalysis.net. He has so much insight. He, you know, goes to most of the games all season long. Um, he is such a great listen, and you know, I love when I can talk to you know, people who cover, you know, teams as a beat and really learn from them, right. You know, being at every single game. And so that's something that on this podcast, I'm going to try and do for you guys bring on, you know, local Dallas, uh, you know, beat writers and reporters and, you know, maybe some coaches and athletes just getting, you know, just DFW people that maybe you don't know something about their story, or maybe they can give you an insight of, you know, perspective that you're not going to hear just from public you know, media press conference that's posted or from watching the game. So check out my conversation with Grant. 13 and 11 coming off of that big win um, against Denver. It was definitely a close one and kind of thanks to Denver in that game um, that things didn't work out for the Nuggets down the stretch. Um, what were your takeaways from that, from that Denver game? Yeah, I thought the Mavericks uh, handled uh, kind of how uh, the Nuggets were aggressively trapping uh, Luka Doncic, um, like from the start and uh, all the way kind of through clutch time as well. I thought, um, you know, that's been a struggle at times uh, for them this season. But, uh, you know, with Tim Hardaway uh, having much improved shooting um, and then, you know, just kind of utilizing uh, more versatile offensive options in the last uh, uh, recent stretch of games. I think that helped them uh, kind of handle that type of pressure uh, against Luka uh, more than it did kind of at the start of the season. 
Tim Hardaway, I mean, five straight games now, he's been incredible and kind of been that savior for Luca whenever, you know, he really needs one other guy to help him out. And hopefully that that's going to last for a little bit longer. But just overall, you know, production from Tim Hardaway, especially in those last five games, what, what have you noticed from him? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was just looking at some stats earlier today, like during that last like five game stretch, as you mentioned, with him making at least, uh, you know, five threes in all of them. Um, he was actually averaging the most made threes of any player in the NBA kind of during that period. Um, and then Luca was like, I believe, fifth as well. Like him getting hot from three has been, uh, you know, pretty big as well. I think, um, you know, as you mentioned with Dorian Finney-Smith, um, you know, I think he had like nine games where he's just genuinely struggled. Um, kind of in a row um, but yeah like down the stretch um, missing that first uh, kind of like pick and pop uh, three and then following it up with that uh, you know the go-ahead uh, you know basket with under like 20 seconds left um, you know if they can kind of put uh, you know the pieces together with multiple uh, options kind of shooting well um, for a stretch you know I think they can continue to be successful it's it doesn't take a lot to win uh, with Luka Doncic but uh, you know you're kind of seeing it now with the uh, you know, at least getting some shooting production for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just also just having help. I mean, it's, and also just another topic in the NBA right now is how much guys have just been sitting out and it's just, how are they going to fix that? You know, it's a little bit of soreness. They set out the thing about Luca is he never really sits out. Like you, you see stars around the NBA, whenever it seems like whenever they just get a little bit of soreness, they're going to sit out, you know? Um, but he really just needs help because he probably feels like he never really can sit out a game or else they're not really going to have a shot at winning, but hopefully that continues um, for Hardaway. So at three point shooting, obviously I feel like the maps have been like live and dying by the three this year. So um, how do you see that working out? And it's kind of funny because I feel like, you know, with, with the defense with the Mavs this season, and then also from three, uh, you know, Jason Kidd, is that's how he played, you know? So it's like, does that have anything to do with Jason Kidd? Um, what, what do you think about that? And also, what do you think about, you know, that three-point game for the Mavs overall? Yeah, I thought it was actually kind of interesting. Uh, it took a little bit, but uh, Jason Kidd actually said the exact phrase you said, uh, live and die by the three, uh, you know, kind of after a win, uh, you know, when like I think it was after the Knicks game uh, when they just shot incredibly well, I think they were like, they made like the second most threes in a single game in like team history, uh, with like 24 or 23, something like that. Yeah. Um, like it was just kind of interesting to actually hear the whole, like, yeah, we do live and die by the three. So, you know, it's working out right now, but yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see as the season goes along and towards the playoffs, because, uh, you know, it worked out great during last year's playoffs for the first two rounds. Uh, but then, uh, you know, throughout that Western Conference Finals, it was kind of fascinating because there was like stats that showed like their shot quality uh, was actually better than the Warriors, but they kept losing the games. Uh, so it's like, can you really make it four full rounds kind of playing that way? And what are the other options? Uh, you know, that's kind of when people start talking about Christian Wood and kind of uh, utilizing like uh, you know another option in different spots of the floor and things of that nature so yeah it'll be interesting to kind of see how they uh, approach it like as the season goes on 
And also with Christian Wood, so many fans were super excited about that addition, but, you know, he's been a little bit rocky here lately. Um, but w- what about, you know, just, just post-production overall, uh, Dwight, you know, and JaVale McGee um, isn't really living up to expectations in terms, of, you know, from what Jason Kidd expected. Um, what about that just overall? Yeah, I think with the center position, it's, it's kind of interesting when you kind of like peel the layers of the onion back a little bit, because, uh, you know, you start the season and Dwight Powell doesn't get any minutes. And then so that kind of suggests like after you acquired two different guys at that spot, you know, is he enough to kind of, you know, be in our center rotation long term if you're the Mavericks? And, uh, you know, he's he's definitely been a uh, helpful contributor when he does get minutes. But it's like it's kind of fascinating that a team kind of, you know, addressed that spot so aggressively in the offseason, but then so quickly mm-hmm. went back to a player they just kind of, you know, opened the things up by not even using. So, yeah, it's just, it'll be interesting because I think there is limits with Powell kind of in a playoff setting. Uh, you know, they often started games a little slow offensively uh, as the kind of playoffs went along and same with second halves with Powell on the floor before they kind of went with uh, Kleba to, as a small ball five to kind of space it out. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, like, this is great in the short term, you know, when the hustle and all that stuff kind of, uh, you know, makes a positive impact. But, you know, what do you have the option on your roster right now? If, you, if you're not going to fully utilize Christian Wood right. and kind of play through defensive, uh, you know, mistakes or development on that end, by the end of this regular season come playoff time, you know, what, what exactly are you going to have? You know, that's right. kind of my, my whole thing with the center squad for sure. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting. And also, are we going to continue with the Dwight? I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. But also, you know, the addition of Kimba, I mean, it's not the biggest deal in the world. But I mean, hopefully that brings in a little bit of, um, you know, you know, effort off of Luca in terms of like bringing the ball up and being the point guard and things like that. Um, what do you think about that addition of Kimba? Yeah, I think I like it for what it is. You know, there's there's obviously concerns, especially with the uh, you know the general manager uh, saying it's not good uh, in the interview uh, recently. You know, that's you know definitely not good <laughs> to kind of hear. Um, but I don't think the expectations are too high for the role itself. Uh, but I definitely like his skill set more than uh, Composo whenever they do need to kind of utilize someone. Uh, because you know it's a must to be able to uh, knock down some catch and shoot shots and then. Uh, you know, kind of take a pull-up jump shot every now and then uh, when you're playing kind of the style off of, uh, you know, like Luca or Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and I just didn't think Compazzo, you know, he, he didn't show previously in his career that he was kind of capable of doing that stuff. And, you know, now that there was an opportunity to kind of bring someone who is capable, I think that does make them deeper whenever they do have to, you know, kind of bring Kemba in for some of those spot minutes for sure. And now it, it's, you know, really early, of course, but there has been, you know, games where I'm like, wow, this team's really got it. But then I've also seen some games where I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, just with there's no help, right? Like some games, there's just really isn't any help um, when it comes, you know, for Luca. So I think just looking at big picture, what, what do you think? What are your predictions? Um, what do you think uh, can improve for this team? And in what positive ways do you see the Mavericks, you know, hopefully, you know, making a playoff run? Yeah, I do think kind of like since the start of the season, um, you know, the way they've kind of like played around with some different combinations with their lineup. Like I like the decision to start Tim Hardaway. Um, you know, I think he brings more offensively uh, than Reggie Bullock. 
Um, and I think that will definitely continue to help because um, I think it's a lot of pressure on Luca uh, when you kind of have two guys on the wing who kind of catch and shoot and rely on that and don't really do much creating or attack closeouts at a high level necessarily. And you have a center who kind of has to rely on Luca to create for him. Um, so I think going away from that has helped. And I think that will continue to help. Um, I think the three point shooting was really low for a lot of players. Um, you know, like Reggie Bullock, you know, Hardaway's already recovered. Um, so I think some of these other guys will continue to hit shots at a higher level and that should only help. Cause it's just, it's probably mathematically impossible for, for some of these guys to shoot as poor as they have, the, you know, there'll be ups and downs, but it's just, it was extreme at like the same times for like three or four guys on like prolonged periods. So um, I do think they're set up well. Um, you know, obviously we can't predict an injury or anything of that nature that anything like that could uh, kind of throw a wrench into it. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I'm kind of curious to see what they do up to the trade deadline uh, in February, because I, I remember like the media day, you know, just in general rule of thumb, you know, kind of how teams run stuff. Um, they kind of use Christmas as that measuring uh, stick, like, all right, so what, what do we got now? Um, kind of getting enough of a sample size to kind of see, you know, what could be addressed, what's working, what's not. Um, and so I think they're kind of set up where they can't really make a big splash since they don't own their own first round pick. Um, but I do think, you know, filling at least one or two, you know, spots in the rotation, if necessary, could go a long way. Cause like, as we said earlier, you don't need a whole lot to win with Luca at a high level, you know, you, the playoff series, uh, or playoff run, I should say, last year kind of showed that. So, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what they do in that respect. Um, but, you know, even if they just stay with the same roster, I definitely see them being more than capable of avoiding the play-in tournament. Um, I don't think they're going to be like a one through three seed, anything of that nature, but I do think they'll kind of be one of those like middle of the pack sort of playoff uh, teams that no one really wants to face because Luka Doncic is kind of Absolutely. a nightmare <laughs> for sure. And it seems like this season, it's just been really tough for them to close out games. Like even the game, you know, last night, it's like, wow, how did, how did they close this one out? Because it seems like even if they're, you know, dominating in the first three quarters, it's like somehow it's almost like the Cowboys somehow they find something to you know, not defend and then they just lose. So um, I was surprised last night to see them actually close out. And I feel like that's something that they really have to focus on, you know, now almost like a third into the way of the, of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, I was looking at uh, some of the stats earlier today. I think, you know, like what's defined as a clutch situation is like a game within five points or less within the last five minutes of a game. And they've played like the league most 17 of those games and they're, they're nine and eight in those situations. And I feel like, um, you know, they've dropped some games, very winnable ones, you know, like that Pistons loss in that, uh, you know, that road trip that they recently had, that was a perfect example. Like they shot like 14 or 29 on free throws. And that's like, they're one of two teams to have a game where they shoot over 20 free throws and shoot 50% or less. Like that's, that's a pretty staggering way to lose the overtime game 14 or, uh, you know, 15 misses on that. You know, that's like that type of stuff. Like they have some just weird things that happen at times. Um, but yeah, I definitely think like as they kind of get rhythm uh, with their, you know, experimentation with lineups and they're like, all right, this works, we're going to stick with it. Now we can build off of it. Um, I think that will help them kind of have that continuity to avoid some of those like, 
bad losses where, you know, they're not, not relying so much on like one or two guys to have a big game and then, you know, catch and shoot guys aren't hitting shots and uh, that kind of sinks them. I think that they have more of a layered attack uh, in the last like five games and they've had, you know, even like from the first five and, you know, even after that. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how they continue to build on that for sure. I think something that's pretty interesting is how much, you know, changing up the lineup, Jason Kidd just seems to do it whenever he feels fit. And, you know, comparing that to Carlisle in the past, I feel like it was kind of the opposite, you know, like he, it seems like Jason Kidd is, is so open to just figuring out what works. And also, I guess, in a way a bit concerning that we haven't figured out what that is, but you know, it's still like early, but um, I think it's a good thing to have that in a coach to be able to test things out. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think, uh, you know, with JaVale McGee to start the season, that's kind of my perfect example on that. Like it, it was, it was pretty rough on both sides of the ball uh, and kind of going not only away from him starting, but him not getting minutes at all. Like that's a good sign to show that you're willing to like kind of make those kind of bold moves. You know, it'll be interesting to see going forward uh, kind of with younger players like Josh Green. Um, You know, he's still getting like uh, comfortable with a lot of the nuances, uh, like avoiding foul trouble. um, And then, you know, just kind of still seeing how consistent his shooting will be over a really long stretch of time. Um, If he continues to kind of, you know, check boxes uh, that they need, um, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, Jason Kidd decides to eventually start him or, you know, how heavy of a minutes uh, load will he have? Um, you know, I, I think uh, before the Nuggets game, uh, it was kind of funny, you know, his comments uh, where he's like, you know, Twitter uh, isn't the coach uh, or the player. Um, you know, it's kind of, it'll be kind of interesting to see like how fans keep wanting certain, you know, combinations, mm-hmm. uh, like how quickly will it end up being uh, actually utilized, like with Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, uh, players like that um, but yeah you know it's just kind of this ongoing uh, funny thing where it's like this isn't the CYO uh, you don't get uh, guaranteed minutes uh, you know Twitter's not the coach like right. it'll be interesting to see how uh, many CYO references <laughs> we get come all-star so break true. even um, and what about you know this overall uh, looking at the Western Conference who are going to be those top dogs in your opinion uh, to you know beat when it comes to playoff time yeah, I think, um, you know, some of the top teams, I think Phoenix, um, they're, they're kind of tough uh, to gauge with how often Chris Paul seems to kind of be in and out of the lineup now. And I really do like that matchup for Dallas. You know, they definitely show that they can, you know, obviously defeat them in the series given they, they already did uh, last year. Um, but, you know, I think uh, New Orleans is an interesting team. I'm not necessarily yet. Uh, kind of sold on them being like a Western Conference Finals team. I think uh, seeing how they develop throughout the regular season will be important kind of before, you know, kind of making those assumptions. Uh, But I I do think Denver, um, that will probably be a big one. Um, Jamal Murray is only going to get better as, you know, after coming off that big injury uh, in like two whole years of not even playing. Um, I can't imagine him not improving and getting closer to his prior form. Michael Porter Jr., the same. Um, you know, and they, they have a pretty aggressive front office as well, too. Like they, they've shown willingness to kind of make midseason changes. Um, you know, they, they have a good coach. They have a lot of things that you would uh, kind of want uh, when you're saying, you know, I trust this team to be successful in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, as in terms of a matchup, you know, it's not easy when they have a, like the best center in the NBA, probably uh, with Jokic and, you know, the center position still a question mark for the Mavs. 
they like to be very aggressive with those double teams, probably more than any other team. Uh, maybe arguably uh, only the Raptors. You know, they're probably right up with each other on like how often they kind of send those traps on Luca. Like you don't you don't really want uh, to go against a team that's going to be so aggressive taking the ball right. out of your best player's hand. So that's probably the team right now that I'm definitely paying attention to uh, for a potential playoff matchup for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be another tough conference. And I, I also, it, you know, not having the Lakers up in that conversation at the beginning of the season would have been, you know, crazy to think about. And I think the Warriors, you know, they're looking like they're, you know, sleeping right now, but they're they're going to they're going to be just fine, I think, you know, um, for months to come. But going to be a tough conference for sure. But thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Grant, thank you so much for coming on. He is such a great insight, um, just diving into the Mavs and, you know, what we can expect here in the future and also what they need to work on, right? And and it's awesome, though, that the way that Jason Kidd has been able to rotate guys and be flexible with the offense and in the defense. So hopefully this is a team that is going to be producing a good season right down the stretch here and into the playoffs. The Mavericks will host the Bucks on Friday night. It will be a good test, I think, for them. Um, at home, it's going to be on prime time, and we'll see if Timmy can keep up this streak. I sure hope that he can. And, you know, I'm not going to be too mad, right, if he doesn't keep up the over 50% shooting from three. But if he can just consistently drop double, you know, figures, uh, that would be nice, especially for Luka Doncic. So, I'm excited to be back in Dallas. I'm excited to be starting up this podcast. I want to, you know, talk about the things that you guys want to talk about. If you want to hear stories about anything that, you know, I've encountered, or um, if you want me to bring on a guest that you would like to hear from, or, you know, anyone you want to hear stories from, of course, I want to be able to do that. Um, and I want this to be a fun place where you can come and listen and talk about Dallas sports. Here's some of my sarcasm maybe some funny stories. I would be a lot funnier right now, but I've actually recorded this podcast three times in a row trying to get it right. But, uh, you know, I didn't click the record button. So we love that for me that I finally realized that when it wasn't showing up in my downloads and, but here we are, I do see the recording button. So I'm pretty sure that this will be recorded. So that is so great. I really hope it does because I'm so exhausted. And I'm also exhausted because I'm moving into my new Dallas apartment next month. So I've been like commuting from my parents, which are way up north of DFW now. And so it's been exhausting uh, to work, which I live in. I work in Arlington now. So it has been a little bit tough of a drive. Let me tell you, and I am not that good at driving an hour to work and then driving an hour back. But, you know, we are pushing through Okay, we're in the home stretch here. Christmas is around the corner. And I would love to know what you guys are getting your families for Christmas. Tell me what you're getting your friends. Tell me all of it because I'm bad at shopping. And so I need to start hammering that down as tomorrow is December 8th. That's pretty insane. But thank you so much for listening. And I promise that my future episodes will be so much more fun and exciting and funny. I hope you had a good time though listening to this episode, but I hope in my next one, I do hit record so I don't have to do it three times. We're going to have so much fun here. I'm pumped. Dallas is the best city ever and I can't wait to dive into it with you. 
All right. Bye guys. Have a fabulous weekend and I'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.